FaithWire.com. Franklin Graham is ripping President Biden for bringing God into the abortion debate. Today is Thursday, May 5th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. Love that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's FaithWire. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe there. We'd love to have you with us as we go through the news of the day from a Christian perspective. With me, as always, Trey Gonsfeld, Billy Hallowell, also from CBN's FaithWire, with a look at what is coming up on the podcast today. What's going on, fellas? Living the dream. Yes. Yeah, it's Friday Junior. Friday Junior. So One, yeah. yeah, just we're, we're just there. rocking through the. Uh, I always forget your saying, Bill. You got to keep saying your saying. The new, the news of the cray. The news of the cray. The every news, single day. Yes, every day the news of the cray. <laughs> we'll get you through it. Um, so we have our own doctor, a resident Dr. Seuss here. Yes, we That's do. That's right. Ro, Ro no mo was my other one. Ro Un, no mo. Until he's canceled. <laughs> until cancel culture gets him. It's coming. It's coming. But all right. What, what do we have on this Friday, Junior? Trey, what's coming up? Uh, so Amazon has announced that it's going to pay for employees to travel to get their abortions uh, after the mm. Supreme Court opinion leak. And a couple other companies have decided to do the same. So we'll talk about that. All right. Sounds good. I'll be talking about uh, Israel celebrating 74 years of independence. Uh, so good story there. And um, yeah, looking forward to that one. All right. Well, let's dive into our story about Joe Biden and Franklin Graham. Uh, President Biden was torched on Wednesday by conservatives and Christians. He basically defended abortion rights and attempts to, uh, you know, thwart it. He he basically railed against those attempts uh, by noting that he is quote a child of God. Now, the Reverend Franklin Graham was among those who took issue with what Biden had to say, and it's it's kind of. It's kind of fascinating. Let me read first. We'll get into what Biden said after, but let's read the reaction first because it sort of explains part of it. Uh, Franklin Graham took to Twitter and said, quote, Biden said that the right to an abortion comes from being a child of God. Mr. President, that is just not true. Being a child of God does not give you the right to take the lives of the innocent. Abortion is a sin. Simply put, it's murder. Now, let's talk about what Biden said that sparked this. There were lots of reactions, but but Graham's reaction was really the one that caught my eye for, for a number of reasons. A, it's Franklin Graham, uh, but B, it was pretty pointed and, and very specifically targeted right back at Biden. Now, here's what Biden said. He was speaking on Wednesday, um, and basically lambasting this draft Supreme Court opinion that indicates that, as we've talked about on the show, the justices could overturn Roe v. Wade. And for those who don't know, and I think everybody does, that's the 1973 case that ushered in nationalized abortion. It legalized abortion across the land. Now, the president was speaking about this, and he said, you know, this issue is a, a lot more than abortion. And then he went on to talk about the, the origination of rights. Where do our rights come from? He started talking about the fact that liberties don't come from the government, but they originate as being, a, as being the result of being a, quote, child of God. Now, he made this statement while he was referring to a past debate that he had with Robert Bork. Robert Bork was a judge. He's since died, uh, but he was a judge who was nominated to the Supreme Court um, and was rejected from the Supreme Court years ago. Um, but Biden was recounting this conversation he says he had with Bork, and he said, quote, this reminds me of the debate I had with Robert Bork. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights is because the government gave them to you which let me just pause there for a minute. It's interesting he's accusing Bork of this because it would seem that this is exactly what many people on the progressive side believe. Right. That the government is the one who sure. gives you the rights. Um, anyway, he's claiming Bork said this. And then he went on to say, Biden, he said, 
Quote, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God. I exist. So that's the origination of this debate, you know, with Graham and others. Basically, you know, Biden goes on to say, look, uh, yeah, I can't believe there's no right to privacy. He's again speaking about Roe defending abortion rights. And then he started launching into this wild speculation about what could happen next if the Supreme Court does overturn Roe. And I just have to read the quote because this this got a lot of attention as well. But he said, quote, what happens if you have a state change the law saying that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that legit under the way this decision's written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in history, in recent American history. Now, obviously, he got a lot of rebuke, Biden, for those other comments about LGBTQ issues and MAGA, uh, the MAGA crowd. But it was that child of God comment that really triggered a lot of people because at the end of the day, he's actually stealing from pro-life language here, right, to try to defend abortion. Um, Beth Bauman, she's a political fundraiser, she said, quote, on Twitter, she tweeted, Biden literally just made the case against abortion. And what she's speaking about here, and this is why it matters, when we talk about unborn lives, they have human value. They were made in the image of God like all of us because we were all once unborn human lives, right? Um, so it's just, it's remarkable to sort of watch this use of faith be infused into these issues. We've seen Biden do this as well on the transgender issue um, and a number of other issues sort of, you know, on the progressive bent of things. So really wild to watch, but really fascinating to see Graham hit back. Yeah, and it just really feels like a hollow, vapid, sort of weak use of God in this circumstance. It, it feels very much like a political ploy. Like he knows that he's got to use this language if he um, wants to win anybody who's even remotely on the fence on this issue. Um, because to it'd be really interesting to hear him try to dive deeper on that if we're talking about you know, our rights coming from God, well, does that then give us the right to do anything we want? Does that make any anything we want to uh, do down here? Is he talking about free will? And then, well, we have a right to do these things and to choose. Well, says who when it comes to each specific decision? You know, he alluded to gay marriage. Well, what does the Bible say about gay marriage? And what does the Bible say about abortion? I mean, we've we talked on this podcast about Psalm 139, Jeremiah 1.5, a host of others talking about knowing you in your womb and I formed you in, in your mother's womb. And so I, I just look at this and it feels very political. It feels very much trying to make an appeal to people who are obviously resistant to mm -hmm. abortion. And so, I mean, that's just the reaction I get when I hear the things he's saying there. It feels very calculated, very political, um, like you were saying, just trying to steal language to try to make an appeal. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good reminder for everybody who's a believer. Whenever you hear a politician, whether they're conservative, Republican, Democrat, or you know, liberal, whatever, um, make sure that you're listening to what they're saying and then checking it against the word of God. Don't just take their word for it and don't just, and also yeah. look into what's, what's the motivation behind this? Why mm -hmm. are they appealing to me as a believer? <laughs> Um, because the, unfortunately, and this sounds cynical, but it's just the truth. Unfortunately, politicians are politicians and they will twist language and manipulate words um, to say something that sounds maybe on its face 
good. Like, oh right. yeah, that's that sounds good. Uh, but then when you dig a little deeper, it's like, well, actually, <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. So <laughs> wait you know, a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I just think this this is an opportunity for believers uh, to check these words against scripture mm. and to to you know to certainly be wise in our discernment of what our political leaders say because our allegiance is not to them it's of course to god sure absolutely all right yeah all right story number two so amazon which is the second largest employer private employer in the united states behind walmart uh, announced this week that it will pay their u.s based employees up to four thousand dollars in travel expenses for non-life-threatening treatments and procedures and one of the biggest ones of those procedures that it includes is abortion. So according to Reuters, Amazon is not alone in its pro-abortion offering. Other companies are offering similar reimbursements, including Yelp and Citigroup. Uh, the corporate action, obviously, from Amazon and those those few other corporations uh, is in response to the Supreme Court's decision, uh, well, their draft decision, uh, the leaked opinion, uh, supposedly uh, showing that they will uh, rule to, you know, overturn the precedent set by Roe v. Wade in 1973, which gave nationwide legal cover to abortion. Um, so that official ruling is not expected also sometime this summer, but like we've talked about before, the, the leaked draft opinion at least suggests that the Supreme Court is going to uh, overturn the, the Roe v. Wade precedent. Uh, so Amazon's new policy uh, went into effect retroactively as of January 1st, uh, and it applies to any operation that is more than 100 miles away from the employee's residence. Uh, and if a virtual visit is not an option with obviously with an abortion, a virtual visit would not be an option. Uh, so it's also, it, it is worth noting that the, the benefit is not just about abortion. Uh, it applies to other non-life-threatening care uh, like substance abuse disorder therapies or cardiology treatments or a couple of the, th- the things that the Reuters uh, report uh, noted. Uh, Amazon is also offering employees up to $10,000 in annual travel reimbursements for any life-threatening issues. So Terry Schilling is the executive director of the American Principles Project. He told the Daily Wire that it's no surprise that Amazon is assisting in, quote, efforts to circumvent pro-life laws. After all, he said they have been doing the woke left's bidding for years, from banning conservative books on their platform to partnering with the notoriously partisan Southern Poverty Law Center to block donations to right-leaning groups, among other activities. He went on to say that Amazon is, quote, subsidizing the abortion industry, even as they falsely categorize it as a non life-threatening procedure obviously the irony is is that it's certainly mm-hmm. life-threatening to the child uh, that, that you're aborting and then yelp uh, their com- that company's uh, chief diversity officer miriam warren said that the ability to control your b- reproductive health and whether or when you want to extend your family is absolutely fundamental to being able to be successful in the workplace and Citigroup uh, revised its policies in March, uh, stating that it would pay employees also to get abortions in other states if they need to travel out of a pro-life state or Republican-led state into a state that's democratically run and has abortion available. Uh, the bank said in a filing that its actions were in response to changes in reproductive health care laws in certain states across the U.S., adding, beginning in 2022, we provide travel benefits to facilitate access to adequate resources. Look, as far as why it matters, I think it's important for us as as believers 
um, obviously to know where we fall on this issue, like we were just talking about regarding abortion and, and when life begins and how God created us, uh, you know, before we were even, you know, a, a thought, uh, God knew that we were going to exist and, and, and knitted us together in our mother's wombs, as, as scripture says. So I think it's important, one, as believers, that we know where we fall. But also I think it's important that we be aware of what, particularly if we work for a company like this, what our money is is going to, right? What is our healthcare money going to? And then make that moral decision. Some people will choose to leave because of that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a personal decision what you're going to do. But I think as Christians, we need to wrestle with that and be aware of where our money is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting as well. It just, the way they describe it, you know, they're just throwing it into these other um, right. uh, you know, services or situations that people might need funding for and they're looking at it as a perk. It really makes you feel like abortion is like this common thing that happens. It's almost it's almost as common as running out to get groceries or filling up the car with gas. You know, I mean, who are all these people that are just in, needing to go out and get abortions all the time? It's It's really bizarre. But as you mentioned, Trey, that aside from that, this kind of demonstrates why that freak out from the pro-choice crowd that we're seeing, Elizabeth Warren screaming and crying, is more likely political than anything else because the 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 reaction is disproportionate to what's actually happening. You, mm-hmm. it's just becoming more inconvenient for these some of these states if you actually want to get an abortion. You can still, as Vice reported, you can make a DIY abortion, ironically using horse meds, which they uh, kind of. Also blasted Joe yeah, Rogan for bad. yeah yeah so <laughs> if you miss that Vice kind of made this big deal about here's a here's how you can do a DIY abortion and they put this horse medicine out there and everyone was kind of ripping them for it was the same outlet that was ripping Joe Rogan for talking about ivermectin and you know they're taking horse meds to get cure COVID and it's like oh okay but now I guess horse meds are on the okay chart uh, when it when it works for abortion I guess so um, but anyway it's 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 just making it a little more inconvenient. Like you can still just drive out of the state and go get one. So yeah, um, this this problem of abortion is not going to go away <laughs> magically because of Roe v. Wade. And so the, as we talked about um, earlier in the week that now the battle begins on the state level. The battle begins on the state level. I think part of the battle on the state level is going to need to be doing a better job of reaching people's hearts because the one thing we have to understand about this Amazon move is that Amazon believes they're being compassionate and kind Mm -hmm. and caring. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when the truth is twisted in such a way that it is presented through this sort of lens, it's really hard. You, You really have to reach people and leaders to try to help them understand the heartbreak of what abortion really is. Because again, the anger on, on our side, on the pro-life side is, can you, how could you do this? How could you be so evil and callous? They actually, again, believe this is the right thing for them to be doing, that this is the compassionate, kind, caring thing. And I also think that we really do need to reach people truly for the gospel, because right now you're watching people live out sacraments to the self. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what this is, that Elizabeth Warren freak out. Yeah, it's political, but it's also very much, I mean, she was visibly shaken, and it's very much rooted in serving the self. And I think we're really, all the things we warned about for decades and we talked about for decades and the failure of the church to really reach people, we are actually watching the fruit of that right now. And it's it's very tragic and terrifying to observe. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think you're right, Billy, on the whole, like we've got to convince culture. I think that is really a focus ground because regard, I mean, it's great to pursue laws that restrict this, but until you really get society to 
open up their eyes to what is actually happening here. You're just, you're right. I mean, it's very selfish in most of these cases. I'm, I'm currently working on a response to some of these viral memes that are going around, you know, talking about, well, I'm not, I'm not for murdering a child. I'm for, you know, Melissa and Brittany and they list all these things. And after going through some of the most extremely rare situations in this big long list, they throw in things like this. I'm pro Melissa, who's working two jobs just to make ends meet and has to choose between bringing another child into poverty or feeding the children she already has because her spouse walked out on her. Or I'm pro Brittany, who realizes that she in no way is financially, emotionally, or physically able to raise a child. So you take these gut-wrenching sort of extremely rare medical conditions, then they mix in this. They just go instantly from these crazy cases that pull at your heartstrings to Melissa. She's got a couple jobs, so go ahead and abort. Or Brittany, who's emotionally unable to raise a child. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I mean, it just goes to show that it's not really always about that. They use those fringe examples to just keep the convenience of it in place. Yeah. Well, and then one other thing that I want to just kind of a funny irony regarding Amazon is they mentioned that they, they because they want to stay in places that are uh, good for their business, they will provide this $4,000 incentive or $4,000 reimbursement if you need to travel to another state. So it's like, oh, so you're, you'll stay in the Republican states to benefit tax-wise, uh, but then when it comes to life, it's like, well, we'll pay you to leave and go to a Democratic state. So you get your abortion's like, oh, well, I mean, if you really are committed to this, shouldn't you just shut down all of your uh, factories and, and Republican led states. Yeah. No, nope. Nope. Cause money talks. So don't think you're going to be seeing that anytime soon. So, all right, well, uh, let's head into uh, story number three here and Israel, they're celebrating 74 years of independence as a moderate, a uh, modern Jewish state. Uh, that's today. And the celebrations began yesterday after a somber Memorial Day dedication to fallen soldiers and those who lost their lives in terror attacks. And so to celebrate this independence, the Israelis, um, they typically will, you know, have a bunch of barbecues. It's essentially, I guess, a similar vibe to like a July 4th type deal. Um, party celebrations across the country. And the Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, called Israel, quote, a story of hope, a story of human spirit, um, a story of surviving against all odds. It's a story of a nation that built something from nothing, a scattered people returning to our ancient homeland. He said, the state of Israel has given new life to the Jewish people, security to all of Israel's citizens, and confidence that our best days are yet ahead of us. To every Israeli, every Jew in the world, and every friend of Israel, I say, happy Independence Day. So, um, just an incredible thing, guys. You know, when I'm looking at the comments there and you know, calling it a story of hope, surviving against all odds. It really is remarkable, especially when you go to Israel and you just see, A, how small it is. You can drive across it. It's like basically like, I think it's about the size of New Jersey. And so you can drive across it in a day, obviously in just a couple hours. So, uh, and then you look at the neighbors and the hostilities there and how they've managed to survive. I mean, it's hard to look at it any other way as just divine intervention. Um, and last time I was there, I was in the Golan Heights and um, you're kind of up on this hill in this one spot and you're, you, you can see into Syria, you can see into Lebanon and you're looking back down towards Israel. And, you know, our guide there was telling us about 
you know, how they survived, even though they're completely surrounded in this one spot and that, you know, miraculously the attacks failed and you hear story after story like that. And you just, you know, you kind of, as a Christian, you're looking at it and you're going, Oh, okay. I think I know what's going on here. Um, so, but you know, Israel is certainly a story, especially after Trump, you know, moving the, um, the embassy there into Jerusalem and the Abraham Accords, you know, it's interesting to see how things are developing currently with, uh, with Israel. Yeah. And I think, you know, in our, in our faith, looking at sort of prophecy and all the interesting conversations that, that happened there, Israel is such a centerpiece. We see it as a centerpiece in revelation. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I find it incredibly, uh, you know, fascinating that this nation that was gone for 1900 years, you know, comes back in 1948 and that just decades later, 74 years later, we're looking at one of the most prosperous, intriguing mm -hmm. nations yeah. in the history of man flourishing again. So nobody, yeah, incredible. nobody wanted that spot, you know, when they initially went there, you know, it was like, yeah, okay, sure. Have it. Just, you can have that dust bowl, go for it. <laughs> well, where are the Hittites? Where are the Amorites? Where are all these other groups of people? You know, this is what's so fascinating. I actually think Israel is one of the biggest challenges to atheism because mm. you look at the old Testament, you look at what is prophesied and talked about, you know, this idea that there'd be a regathering and it was scoffed at. I mean, people thought people thought that was done. It wasn't going to happen. Maybe it was just an allegory or of some story. Um, and here we are now watching the fulfillment of that. Um, mm -hmm. People from all over the world coming back into Israel, uh, Jewish people. It's it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I was about to say. Is if, you, if you read scripture and you look now at not just the existence, but the flourishing yeah. of Israel and the Jewish state, it's just, I mean... How can you deny uh, that God's <laughs> hand has not been on that people and has not been on Israel? I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful testament, I think, to God's sovereignty and his love for us, uh, that he's, you know, he, he is seeing this process through from beginning to end. And I think it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So good to end, good to end, end things on the podcast on a good note. Yeah. And uh, that is all the time uh, we do have for this episode. And uh, as always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com. Stop getting your news from secular sources. Why do it? Why put yourself through it? <laughs> Go to a Christian news source. So um, we'll be back here tomorrow for Friday. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. So God bless. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Take care.